Shalom to all. Today's Daf Shalom Daf Yod. We are starting Tesla Mabez with the brand new parak. The fourth parak of Masech Shalom is sponsored by Heart to Heart Home Care. They should be blessed with Hatzlacha, Shafa from Shemaim, and the ability to continue to spread Tyra throughout the world. Now, in this parak, we're going to be learning about what the funds in the Beis Hamikdash Treasury were used for. There are five categories. Shumas Halishka, we've already learned about this extensively. Shuri Halishka, this is what was left over and didn't make its way into the Shumas Halishka. And then there was Meister Shuri Halishka, Meister Truma, and Meister Paris. We're going to deal with each of these as we encounter it. And the Mishnah says, Hatruma Mahayu Eisenbal. What would they do with the money of the Trum Salishka? They would purchase the carbon Talmud, which was brought twice daily, and all the carbonus Mosaf. They were brought on Shabbos, Yontif, and Rishchidesh, and the Nusachim. This is referring to the wine and the carbon Mincha that was brought with these carbonus. Ha'aymer, the carbon Aymer, which is brought the second day of Pesach. This is brought on Shvuas. The Lechem upon him. This is brought every single week in the Beis Hamikdash. The Chal carbonus at Sibor, and all carbonus Sibor. This is specifically referring to the Ketiras. The watchmen of the aftergrowth on Shemitah, they would get paid from the Trum Salishka. Now, on Shemitah, the Eimer Shteyalechem still had to be brought from the new crop, but you're not allowed to plant on Shemitah. Svichim, aftergrowth, is what grows wild from all the grain that fell during the harvest, and that's where these would come from. Bezin would pay people to watch it and protect it from animals. Since this was absolutely necessary for the carbon seabor, that payment is allowed to be made from this money. Whereas Rav Yesi Eimer, he argues, and he says, If someone wants to volunteer and watch this for free, he's allowed to do that. Amrulai, they told him, Afata Eimer, don't you agree, She'ein Bain Ella, Yudam Alf on the top, Michel Tzibor? Don't you agree that it has to come from the tzibor? Now, what exactly is their machlekes? Everyone agrees that a carbon tzibor has to come from something communal and not an individual. The machlekes here is, do we say... Carbon yachid Could something privately owned change status to being publicly owned? Rabbi Yassi holds that even if this person is a shaymer chinam and he takes possession of the grain and it would belong to him, that doesn't pose a problem because he can be makhnit to the Beis HaMikdash and then it's considered public shel tzibor. Whereas the Chacham maintain that ain carbon yachid Therefore, he has to be hired by Bezdin. And therefore, even if he takes possession of this grain, he does so as the shliach of Hektash and this grain always remains Shel Tzibor and never becomes Shel Yachid. Now the Gemara is going to start out discussing a Mishnah in Tainus which talks about this Man Atei Kohanim Ve'am. These were specific dates that certain families had this chus to donate wood to the Beis HaMikdash for use on the Mizbeach. When their day arrived, the family treated this day as a Yantif. They didn't fast, work, or deliver eulogies. And the Gemara begins with asking a question on this. Why is it that we have to delineate these nine dates that these families were able to bring wood? Any person that wanted to donate wood to the Beis HaMikdash was allowed to. So why is it that we have these specific nine dates. When Klai Yisrael came from Galus, they didn't find any wood in the Lishka, they didn't find any wood in the Beis HaMikdash. And these families got up, and they donated wood from their own personal storage, and they gave it over to the Tzibor, and all the Karbanas Tzibor were brought with this wood, therefore, the Nevim that were among them, they stipulated, even if the Lishka is full of wood, and then these families, families get up and they donate wood from their own personal storage. The carbon is going to be brought from their wood and not from any other wood. What do we see from here? You could have something private that changes status to be public. They had their own private wood. They gave it over to the Tzibor and their carbonus Tzibor were brought with this wood. We see, like Rabbi Yaisa's opinion, not like the Chum's opinion. The Gemara answers no problem. This Mishnah is Rabbi Yaisa's opinion. It's not the Chumim. Rabbi Yaisa, because he says in our Mishnah, if a person wants to volunteer his services, he may. And when we say, 
say, that means carbon yachin mishtana l'shel tzibor. Whereas Rabbi Yaisi, b'shem Rabbi Elah, he answers, and this is the Hamayru Rabbi Yaisi, Dibri he really, this is according to everybody. Ma pligin, what exactly is the machlekes between the Chum and Rabbi Yaisi? Begufesh al carbon. they're talking about the actual carbon that's being brought. Avol machshire carbon, something which is a preliminary, it's something that's around the carbon, such as the wood. Kol amamaydai, everyone agrees from mishtana carbon yachin l'shel tzibor, that it could be changed from a yachid to a tzibor, and that's what we're discussing over here. We're discussing wood. We're not discussing an actual carbon. And we have another similar thing. Tani, we have a brisa. Isha she'astak sinus A woman, she made a tunic for her son. Her son's the kain, and she made a tunic. She wants him to use it in the base hamikdash. Ksheira, it's kosher. It's a lot of use in the base hamikdash, even though it's supposed to come from public funds. Ovavashet himsur She has to wholeheartedly give it over to the tzibur, and that's not a problem. Amrav Achad, Rabbi This is clearly Rabbi opinion. Rabbi Yisi, Amr, he says, A person could volunteer his services, meaning a carbon yachid mishtanel shel tzibur, because we see that this privately owned tunic can become publicly owned. He says, no, this is according to everyone. What exactly is the machlekes? As we just said, that's in the actual carbon itself. When we're dealing with the machshirim of a carbon, and over here, this is considered machshirim of a carbon, the clothing of the kayin. Everyone agrees that it can be changed from privately owned to publicly owned. And now we have a brisa that is not like Rabbi The following brisa is not like Rabbi Again, Rabbi the Amaira. These days, these special days that these families treated as Yom Taifim because they brought wood to the Beis HaMikdash, these days were treated as a Yontif at the time of a carbon and not at the time of a carbon, meaning even when the Beis HaMikdash was not around. Whereas Rabbi Yassi Yomer, he says, no, this is only when the Beis HaMikdash was around. Now, why is this a question? Because everyone agrees you're not allowed to treat a day as a Yontif unless an actual carbon is brought. We see from the fact that both opinions agree that when this wood was donated, it was a Yontif for the family. It must be that the wood itself is considered a type of carbon and not machshire carbon. Clearly, this isn't like Rabbi Yisib Shem Rabbi Ila that said that the wood is considered machshire carbon and not a carbon. The Eidman Adatitani, we have another question from the following Bryce. So, Amr Abelazar Bebtzadak, he says, We are from the family of Sunab and Benyamin. This is one of the unique families that had this day as a Yontif, and their day was the 10th of Av, the day after Tishabav. Vachal Tishabav Lias Bishabas, and Tishabav fell out on Shabbos. So, we pushed it off to Mitzvah Shabbos, meaning Tishabav was really on the 10th of Av, which is also their personal Yontif, and we fasted on Tishabav, but we did not complete the fast because that day was a personal Yontif for us, so we didn't complete fasting on Tishabav. We see that it's actually a real Yontif, and the only way you can have a real Yontif is if you're actually bringing a carbon. It must be that this wood is not Machshiri carbon, it's considered like a real carbon. So we have two Rayas, not like Rabbi Yisib Shem Rabbi And we continue discussing our Mishnah. We had said, Our Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel Amar, he says, the Aimer does not come from Surya. Now, Surya of the Gemara refers to a large area of land, much of which is present-day Syria. It also includes the well-known cities of Aram and Aram and Aram Tzaiva. Now, David Amelch conquered it and added it to Eretz Yisrael. However, there's a machlekes throughout the Gemara whether it really has Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. And we're saying over here that our mission is like Rabbi Shmuel, that the Aimer is not allowed to come from Syria, and we're going to see how our mission is like Rabbi Shmuel. The Gemara continues, Tamantanin, over there we learned in the Mishnah, Kol Kabanis HaYachid, Vatsibur, Bainim in Arts, Min Chutzl Arts, All Kabanis Yachid, and Public Kabanis are allowed to come from Chutzl Arts and Eretz Yisrael, Min Achadish, Min Ayashin, it could come from the new grain and from the old grain, Chutz Min Aymer Shtei Alechem, except for the Aymer Shtei Alechem, Shein Bain El Min Achadish, it's only allowed to come from the new grain, Umin Aretz, and from Eretz Yisrael. And Rabbi Chonah, B'Shem Rabbi Yirmiya, he says, Rabbi Shmuel, he, this is Rabbi Shmuel's opinion, Rabbi Shmuel Aymer, he says, Ein Ha'aymer Bain Asurya, the Aymer doesn't come from Surya, it has to come from Eretz Yisrael. We clearly see that this Mishnah is Rabbi Shmuel. Tamantanin, over there, we to the Mishnah, Esa Kedusha is saying there's ten levels of Kedusha. And Eretz Yisrael, Mekedesh is Mekala Eretz Yisrael is more holy than all other lands. Umahi Kedusha, so what exactly is it? 
God's holiness. We bring Omer, Bikurim, that's the first fruits, and the Shtehalechem, only from Eretz Yisrael. We don't bring the Omer, Bikurim, Shtehalechem from all other lands. And Rabbi Chia, Bashem Rabbi Yermia, he says, Rabbi Shmolhi, this is Rabbi Shmol also, Rabbi Shmol Amar, he says, the Omer doesn't come from Surya, it only comes from Eretz Yisrael. And Taman Taninin, over there we learned in Mishnah, Rabbi Shmol Amar, he says, just like plowing is voluntary, so too harvesting is voluntary. This is talking about the Isser of plowing and harvesting on Shabbos. And he says, the types of plowing and harvesting on Shabbos are the types that are voluntary. If you want, you could do them, that's Asr on Shabbos. However, something which is a mitzvah is allowed to be done. Yatza Katsira Aimer Shu Mitzvah. Harvesting the Aimer is a mitzvah, that's allowed to be done on Shabbos. And Rabbi Shmal Kadaita, Rabbi Shmal's Lashitasai, he's consistent with his Shita. Rabbi Shmal, the Amr, he says, Ain Ha'imer Bamina Surya, the Aimer doesn't come from Surya. Kidate, he's Lashitasai, the Amr, he says, Yatza Katsira Aimer Shu Mitzvah. This excludes the harvesting of the Aimer, which is a mitzvah. Harvesting the Aimer is allowed to be done on Shabbos. Now, what does one have to do with another? Just as Rabbi Shmal holds that the harvesting of the Aimer may be done on Shabbos, he holds it may be done on Shemitah. What's the connection? The act of harvesting is motor on Shemitah when it's done with Hefker. However, Rabbi Shmuel holds that the Eimer can't be from Hefker, and harvesting publicly owned grain is Asr on Shemitah. Rabbi Shmuel is consistent with his Shita. He holds that the Eimer must come from Eretz Yisrael. He allows harvesting it on Shemitah the same way he allows harvesting the Eimer on Shabbos. And now we go back to our Mishnah. Who's the of our Mishnah that says that the watchmen of the Svichim on Shemitah, they take their wages from the Trum Salishka? Rabbi Shmuel, he, that's Rabbi Shmuel, because we have to use grain from Eretz Yisrael. If not, meaning if we're allowed to use imported grain, then there's no need to pay watchmen. We could simply import the grain from outside Eretz Yisrael. It must be our Mishnah's Rabbi Shmuel. The Gemara tells us, Really, that's according to everyone. If they didn't find grain in Surya, so then they would have to bring it from the Sfichim in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, they had to cover all their bases, even though they were planning on bringing it from Surya. If there wasn't going to be, they had to make sure they had from Sfichim in Eretz Yisrael. And that's why, according to everyone, they had to appoint watchmen to watch this grain in Eretz Yisrael. Now, we had just mentioned that according to Rabbi Shmuel, the Eimer is allowed to be harvested on Shemitah, and it's allowed to be harvested on Yantif also. Ha'hein Eimer, this Eimer, Ma'ushi is a betchila. Are we allowed to chatchila plant the grain necessary for the Eimer and for the Shteh Halechem on Shemitah? We know that it's usher to plant on Shemitah. However, perhaps for the mitzvah of Eimer and Shteh Halechem, we're allowed to push away Shemitah and we're allowed to plant it. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Bayi Kumi Ramana. So Rabbi Chiyabar Abba asked in front of Ramana, meaning he asked Ramana, Loi Nimtza, wouldn't this be similar to the following case? Kikaimetz ali shiraim she'in nechalim, a kaimetz of a mincha, that the shiraim is not allowed to be eaten. Now, this is referring to a case where the Kayan took the Kaimitz from a Mincha and the rest of the Mincha, the Shirayim, got lost or became Tameh. Rabbi Shua holds that the Kaimitz is unable to be brought in this scenario. So the same would hold true with the carbon Eimer, which is a Mincha. The Kaimitz wouldn't be brought because the Shirayim are usher to eat, because they were planted intentionally during Shemitah. So nothing is gained by planting it. So Amr Lay, Rabbi Manu responded to him, Nasa, this can be treated as Kechamisha Dvarim Shehen Ban Betoma, like the five things that are brought Betoma, the Enachal Betoma, yet they're not eaten Betoma. There are five Tzibu related Karbanas that the Avaida is done Betoma, even though they can't be eaten. The Eimer and Shteilechem are two of them. Therefore, the same way it could be brought Betoma, not eaten, so too it makes sense to suggest that we should plant it on Shemitah, be Makrevit, and just not eat the Shirayim. And now, further discussing the payment of these watchmen, the Gemara asks Ketzad Hu Isa, how exactly were these payments paid? Money was borrowed or was taken on credit from a money changer, and was paid to the harvesters and the watchmen, before the Eimer was brought. 
Tumas Mitchumas Halishka, then money was taken from the Chumas Halishka, Umachalan Olav, and it was Mukhulal onto the Aimer, and then that money was given to the money changers. Now, why was this done? Because whenever we're Mukhalal, deconsecrate, or transfer Kedusha from Hekdish, we want to do it onto something. Giving this Hekdish money directly to the workers is improper because it's not Chal onto anything. But in this new way, the Kedusha, the money, is Mukhul onto the Aimer itself, accomplishing this goal. The Gemara asks, Vitavas Kane, is it really proper to do this? Why is this a problem? Because the amount used to pay all the workers isn't the actual value of the Aimer itself. The Aimer was a small measure of flour, not worth so much, that was taken from a much larger measure of grain worth much more. Presumably, the payment to the workers is much higher than the actual value of the Aimer. The value being Mukhul on the Aimer is far greater than the actual value of the Aimer itself. So Rabbi Yach, B'Shem Rebah, he answers, Kol Mashiitin, whatever is given, Hain Hain Dam of Mishaarishayna, that was the original payment, meaning the workers didn't get paid based off of the amount of grain that they were actually guarding and harvesting. They got paid however much the Aimer itself was worth, meaning let's say in a regular scenario, guarding this amount of grain would have cost $100. However, guarding the amount of flour that was used in the Aimer was actually only $10. They got paid $10 and not $100. And we have a similar case, Tana Afifischa and Avamkin. Even with the stone workers, this is how they got paid also. Ketzer Raisa, how would they get paid? Naital Mais Mishulchani, money was taken from the Shulchani, it was given to the quarriers and the stone cutters. The quarrier is the one that carves the stone out of the mountain, and the stone cutter is the one that shapes it into a usable stone. Money was given to them before the stone was placed on the top row, meaning before the stone was laid as part of the building. Once it was part of the building, then money was taken from and it was onto the stone, and that money was used to pay back the money changer. The Gemara asks, is this proper? Again, we have the same issue. The amount of money it costs to carve a stone out of the mountain and to make it into a proper stone is usually much more than to purchase an actual stone. That's because there's a lot of stone that gets lost along the way and there's a lot of other expenses involved. So how can we mechalol money on this stone? It's really much more than the value of the actual stone. So again, Rabbi Yaisi, Be'erabun, B'Shem Shmuel, he answers, whatever is given, that's the original payment, meaning we only pay the chaitzvin and the sasasin, the quarriers and the stone cutters, the amount that the final product of stone is worth and not all the other expenses that were involved. And Yerav Abbe is on the top with the brand new Mishnah. We continue discussing what the funds of the Chumas Halishka were used for. Para, the purchase of the Para Aduma, Vesera Mishdalech, and the purchase of the Sarah Mishdalech. This is the goat that was thrown off the cliff on Yom Kippur. Veloshin Shal Zahiris, and the strip of red wool that was used in the Avayda, the Para Aduma. Vayin Mishum Salishka, that comes from the Chumas Halishka. Now, the following things in the Mishnah were paid for with the funds from the Shiare Halishka. Whatever funds didn't make their way into the Chumas Halishka. The Mishnah tells us, Kevesh Para, the ramp of the Para Aduma, all those involved in the Avayda, the Para Aduma, had to remain completely. And when transporting the Paraduma, there was fear that they would walk over an unknown kever in the ground. Therefore, they built a ramp that the Paraduma was led on. Since this was a tefach above the ground, any potential mace underneath was covered by this ramp, effectively stopping the Tumma from rising. The Kevish Sarmish and the ramp of the Sarmish this goat that was brought out that was thrown down the cliff, this was a special ramp built that would allow the Shlech to proceed with the goat unhindered by the people that usually would yell at him to go faster. Vlashen Shemain Karnov and the strip of wool in between its horns that would turn to white, that we could see that all of our very were forgiven, Ba'amas Hamayim, and the canal of water that went through the base of Mikdash, it was used for washing the Karbanas and washing the floor, and the walls of the city, meaning the walls of Yerushalayim and its watchtowers, and anything that the city needed, for example, digging wells and ditches, upkeep of the streets and roads, this came from the Shiari Alishka, this leftover money that didn't make its way into the Trumas Alishka. he says, Kevesh Para, the ramp of the Paraduma, the built it with their own funds. Now the Mishnah says, what would they do with the money? 
money that was left over from the Shiari Halishka. We had leftover money that didn't make its way into the Trumas Halishka. We used it for all these things, and there's still leftover money. Meiser Shiari Halishka. What was done with that? The Beis HaMektesh would purchase wine, oil, and flour, and these items were sold to people that need to bring Karbanas. And then this money, this profit, would go to Hektish. That's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. It was a little bit of a business. Rabbi Kiva Eimer, he says, We don't make money with Hektish. We don't make Hektish into a business. Why is that? Either because there's a risk that these items would go bad and then Hektish would lose out, or because the Beis HaMektesh is a place of wealth and grandeur, and it isn't proper to make a business geshef, implying that the Beis HaMektesh is low in funds and has to make a business to kind of replenish the funds. And also, we don't do business with funds that are earmarked for poor people. That's because if a poor person needs money and it's tied up in investments, then we're not going to be able to give them money. It has to remain liquid. And the mission continues, What would they do with the leftover of the Trumas Halishka itself? We said we had boxes, Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and let's say we didn't need to use all the money. So what was done with the leftover of this Trumas Halishka itself? The Tanakhama says, It was used to purchase thin gold sheets that lined the floor and the walls of the Kedish Kedashim. Whereas we have a second opinion, Rabbi Shmuel Emer, he says, no. The leftovers of the Paris went to Ketz HaMizbech. Now the Gemara is going to discuss what Maestra Paris is, but these funds were used to purchase Ketz HaMizbech, which we've already said are the Karbanas brought when there's no Karbanas Tzibur or individuals bring Karbanas. These are there so that the Mizbech is an idol. And here's where he argues with Tanakama, Maestra Chuma, leftovers of the Chumas Halishka, the Kleisharis, that was used to purchase Kleisharis. A third opinion, Rabbi Kiva, he says, Maestra Chuma, that goes to Ketz HaMizbech for these Karbanas. Maestra Nesachim, the leftovers of the Nesachim, and we're going to discuss in the Gemara what that is, the Kleisharis, that's used for the Kleisharis. And a fourth opinion, he says, That goes for the Ketzamizbeach Karbanas. The leftovers of the Truma, the Klisharis, that's used for the Klisharis. And Zevazeh, Rabbi Chananyan, Rabbi Kiva, they don't agree with Rabbi Shmuel and his opinion of Peris. And the Gemara discusses the strip of red wool, Kevesh Para, Rabbi Shmuel, Bar Nachman, Bashem Rabbi Anderson, he says, There are three strips of red wool that we use. Shal the one that gets tied around the horns of the Sarah Mishtalech, Besela, that has to be the weight of a Sela. Shal the one used in the purification process of Mitzayra, Beshekel, that weight is just a shekel, which is smaller than a sela, and Shalpara, the one used with the paraduma, Beshtei Slaim, that has to be two sela. Whereas Reb Chonyo de Bras Chavron says in the name of Rebbe Ba Bar Zavda B'Shem, Rebbe Shem Ben Chalafta, Shalpara, the one used in the paraduma, Beshtei Slaim Mechza, has to be two and a half slime. And some say that this halacha was said over that it has to be ten zoz. Now, two and a half slime and ten zoz are the same exact thing. It's just a question of how exactly did the Rebbe say it over? Did he say two and a half slime, or did he say ten zoz? And we continue talking about these funds. Rabbi Huda B'Shem Rabbi Shmuel tells us, that teach the Kayhanim Hilchas Shechita and Hilchas Kabbalah how to accept the blood of the Karban, Hilchas Rika, and how to throw it on the Mizbech. They get paid from the Chum Salishka. Some opinions say not actually from the Chum Salishka, but from the Shiari Chum Salishka. That's because this is a carbon related thing. They're teaching the Kayhanim how to do the Karban, so therefore they get paid from these funds. Rabbi Yitzchak Baradifa B'Shem Rabbi Imi, he says, the people that would examine a potential blemish on Kodshim, we have to determine whether or not this is actually a mum that's going to passel the carbon or if this carbon's allowed to be brought. So these people that would examine the mumin, they also got paid from the Chumash This is a carbon-related thing. Rabbi Acha, Rabbi he says, the ones that would fix up the Sefer Torah that was in the Azara, they got paid from the Chumash and Gidol Barben Yamin, Asi, he says, the two Dayanim, the two judges that would judge theft cases, this is not talking about real gazelas. This is actually talking about kenosis, certain fines that people would get. They got paid from the Chumas Halishka also. Shmuel Amar, he says, the women that wove the Parechas, 
they got paid from money of the Chumas Lishka. Whereas Rav Chuna Omar, he argues, and he says, Mishumas Bede Kabayas, they get paid from the Bede Kabayas, which is the general maintenance fund of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, Mahpalik, what do they argue about? So Shmuel Avod Laka Karban, he makes like a Karban, and therefore, it comes from the Lishka. Whereas Rav Huna Avod Laka Binyan, he says it's just like the building of the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore, it comes from the Bede Kabayas, the general maintenance fund. And now, Amr Rav Chizkiah, tells us as follows. Tan Rav Yehuda Gad Gados, Rav Yehuda Gad Gados teaches the following. Haktiras, V'chal Karbanas HaTzibor, the Katiras and all Karbanas HaTzibor, Bain Mitzum Salishka, they come from Chum Salishka, and Mizbech Hazav, the golden Mizbech, which the Katiras was brought on, V'chal Klisharis, all the Klisharis that are used in the Beis HaMikdash, Bain Mitzum Salishka, they come from Mitzum Salishka, which again we said we're going to discuss tomorrow. And Mizbech HaOyla, Mizbech that the Oilas were brought up on, V'hechel, V'hazaris, Bain Milishkas Bethe Kabayas, that comes from the Lishka Bethe Kabayas, the general maintenance fund. Whereas Chutla Azars, anything necessary for outside the Azars, such as the walls of Yushalayim, Bain Mishar Lishka, that comes from Shar Lishka. The Gemara asks, how could that be? Batani, we have a Brisa, Avni Yushalayim, Mylin, a person's going to be Ivor Me'ila if he uses a stone from Yushalayim. Let's say a stone fell off the wall of Yushalayim and a person used it for his own benefit, so he's going to be Ivor Me'ila, he misappropriated Hektish. The question is, how could it be Ivor Me'ila with that? Is a person going to be Ivor Me'ila by using Shirayim? The Shiari Lishka funds aren't considered Kaddish, so how could one be Ivor Me'ila using something purchased with these funds? And the Gemara suggests, Kirav Meir. It must be this is like Rav Meir. So Rav Meir Amar, he says, Mylim a person could be Ivor Me'ila with Shirayim. As we said previously, Rav Meir holds that if the Chumas Halishka ran out of money, the funds are replenished from the Shiari Halishka, meaning they do retain their Kedusha. But that's also a problem because Amrav Chia, Kulum Amrav Meir, El Rav Meir said that you're only going to be Ivor Me'ila if you use Shiari Halishka. If it's within the year that the Shiari Halishka were donated, that's because it still might be used for Karbanas. Over here, we're talking about after its year, because if this was built into the wall of Yerushalayim, it must be that this is from funds of last year, and even Rav Meir would say that you're not over Me'ila by using it. Therefore, Rabbi Yehuda Gadgados is not correct. The funds used for Chutz Lazarus is not from Shiari Halishka. And another halacha, Amrav Chizkia, Tana Rabbi Yehuda Gadgados, Rabbi Yehuda Gadgados taught the following halacha, HaSholchan, the Sholchan in the Beis HaMikdash, Ha'Menayra, and the Menayra, Ha'Mizbachais, and all the Mizbachais, Ha'Paroiches, Ma'akvin Es HaKarbanas. They are essential to the validity of a carbon. If they are not in the right place, if they're missing, if there's something wrong with them and needs to be fixed, then a carbon brought is not going to be valid. David Rabmeir, that's Rameir's opinion. Bahamir, I mean, they say, there's nothing that's essential to the validity of a carbon. Ella, Karkov the Karen, except for the Karkov, which was a decorative band that surrounded the Mizbeach, and the Karanis, which were the four horns protruding out the top of the Mizbeach. Those are the only things that are Ma'akev that are essential to the validity of a carbon. Whereas Veloikain, Amrablaz, Rab Yasi ben Chanina, this is not what Rebbe and Reisim and Chanina said. Trehe and Amin, both of them say, Kol hein dechsev noichach. Anytime the Pasuk tells us noichach, that this Kli in the Beis HaMikdash has to be placed noichach, opposite another one, ma'akev. That is ma'akev, the bringing of a carbon. For example, the Torah says the Meneira has to be placed noichach hasholchan. However, tsela, if it says it has to be placed on the side of something, ain't ma'akev, then that's not ma'akev. However, tsela, if it uses the word side, ain't ma'akev, then that's not an ikov for the carbon. For example, the Shulchan says, Tzela Tzafa, and it has to be on the northern side. He says, Even if it uses the word Tzela in the Pasuk, that also is Ma'akev, is going to prevent the validity of a Karban. And if even if it says in the Pasuk, Sima, set it in place, and this word is used by the majority of the Kalim, Ma'akev, that still is Ma'akev. But now we have a problem. The issue is, is that we have Amirayim that are clearly arguing with Tanaim, because the Chum before said, the only thing that's Ma'akev are 
are the Karkov and the Karen. So how could they argue and say other Kalim are Ma'akev? So Amr Abchanina, he answers, Kan Bavaydis Shabifnim, Kan Bavaydis Shabachotz. These Amirayim are discussing Avaydis that are done Bifnim on the inside of the Besamekdash, such as the Katiras or lighting the Menorah and whatnot. That's what's going to be Ma'akev. However, the Chachamim are talking about Avaydis that are done on the outside on the Mizbech Achotz. For example, other Karbanas that are brought on the Mizbech, then the Karkov and the Karen are going to be Ma'akev, and they're not arguing, they're just talking about two different Avaydis in the Besamekdash. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.